there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me, Selah. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. Selah. My heart is steadfast. O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O heart and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Psalm 57 in the ESV. Well, hello and welcome from the OKC here on episode 57 of the balm in gilead podcast uh we're back sort of and uh this is grant baker and uh joined by my very special friend brian emerson that's and me we also have special guest spencer parsons who you may hey know everybody from um one of our favorite artists who will uh regularly come on the show and text us so uh yeah. it's great to have you here spencer yeah great to be here so uh Wow, it has been a while since we last uh, were were mm. penetrating your earbuds uh, with the sweet dulcet sounds of our voices. Um, I, I think since February is that right? February, sure yeah. Say. Um, which I would have had to look up. So <laughs> I, I did. I did look it up. Yeah, February. There's Sorry. Been a lot, 
there's all been a lot going on. Brian, uh, um, Brian and I were on an episode of PresbyCast during that time. And then uh, Brian was also on an episode of, um, oh, shoot, I lost it. Super what is it? Bros. Yeah, the super Reform Bros. Podcast. Yeah, super, super Reform Bros. Yeah. So if you haven't, go um, check those episodes out. That was still like fun. March or April or something like that. It's still <laughs> a long time. Uh, it's still relevant. Yes. Yeah. It's been a wild uh, couple of months. I mean, um, uh, just work-wise and family-wise, I know for me at least. Um, and uh, from hearing from you guys, you also have been, uh, you also have been um, pretty busy. Uh, and I'll let you say as much or as little about that as you want. But um, maybe maybe we mix that in with uh, what we've been listening to since February. Yeah. Brian, so- you have a few things there. I do. So I, I listen to mine as a, I've got old hats and some really old hats and then some new hats. So uh, I've been listening to a lot of poor Bishop Hooper, Sarah Sparks, Providence and the Oh Hellos. And you may recognize those four bands as four of the five of my most listened to bands of last year. Um, I have not been listening to a whole ton of, uh, of Windrows. Um, I listen to them every once in a while, but it, I don't know. I'm not a big metal guy. Um, I have been listening to a lot more of Switchfoot and Reliant K and Colony House. I've been mixing that back into my, my regular diet of listening. Uh, it's just fun. It's nostalgic. I have a playlist called Nostalgia. It's basically just all of their stuff. And then I've got some new hats. Uh, so the Grey Havens, uh, they've been around a while, but they're new to me. Um, and especially their album called Blue Flower, which is about C.S. <laughs> and Narnia. So they uh, they take some of C.S. Lewis's autobiography as well as uh, some of the Narnia songs. Uh, you, Me, and the Bread, which is a band we will talk more about in a little bit. And then uh, one called The Orchardist, which only has one project out. And it's, and it's kind of old, but it is really 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 cool i discovered it just a couple weeks ago and my kids already have the whole thing memorized um so i've been listening to a lot of that and uh and i am going to post uh i'm going to post three playlists into the show notes one is called nostalgia one is called shiplap which is a reference to the episode of presby cat we were on and uh one is just the one repeat so you can kind of see exactly what i've been listening to very cool. And um, Spencer, um, so you've been up to quite a few things uh, in addition to mowing the lawn. And, um, you know, are, you, you've been up to quite a bit. I'll let you share, but uh, what, are yeah, you yeah. Listening to? what have you been up to? Yeah. So uh, let's see. In, in February, I got to go to Latvia for a month, uh, awesome. praying about uh, long-term missions there. So um I'm not sure what the timing of that will be or what that will look like, but over 10 years now, I've been <clears throat> feeling like the Lord's been calling me there to some capacity. So looking forward to continuing to pray about that and seeing how he leads. Um, and then let's see, other than that, just been doing my landscape job, trying not to die in the heat. <laughs> it's been pretty brutal this year. Lots of rain too. Um, but yeah, so while I'm working, I've been listening to, let's see. Or actually, I guess uh, I went on two road trips to Ohio for two different friends' uh, weddings. Um, 
and so that's lots of time to listen to a full solos album or two um, from Georgia. So that's a what six, six, seven, eight hour drive. I'm not sure. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I don't know how many times I've listened to those albums, but they still make me tear up when I listen to them. They're just so good. Um, and then uh, I am a Patreon member for Solos. Quick plug for Solos. Uh, if you aren't a Patreon member, a patron of them, I'd recommend getting on there and supporting them and their music and you get access to all the early stuff. So uh, we haven't heard anything from them in the public for a while, but I've been hearing stuff pretty much every month the progress and uh, I'm excited about the things that they've got coming out. There's new stuff coming out soon. And that's all I can say. Um, and then let's see, I've been listening to poor Bishop Hooper, the Psalms, of course, I listened to their Golgotha album for the first time a couple weeks ago. I hadn't listened to it before and I really enjoyed that one. There's a couple of tracks on there that uh, I thought were very well done. Um, I know that you guys have talked about Sarah Sparks a lot, but um I had not really gotten into it because most of the stuff you talked about was Narnia related and I hadn't really read the book. So um, it wasn't really, uh, I guess, <laughs> well, I wasn't raised on it, I guess. Um, uh, so it wasn't really uh, appealing to me, I guess. And then, but I listened to some of her other albums like Ways and Means and All I Have. And uh, especially the song All I Have on that album. Uh, I really like that song. I keep coming back to that one. Um, and then... Um, Let's see, I've been listening to some Brian Sauvé, the Even Dragons, Shall and Praise. I'm not really crazy about some of his earlier stuff, but that album, I really like that one. Um, Jaden Lovick, older throwback album of hymns, uh, Roots Run Deep. Uh, that's a really good one. Um, I have been trying, Grant, you'll, you'll appreciate this, but I've been trying to get into a little bit of classical music, which I've never listened nice. to before. All right. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I've been checking out some Bach, which there is actually some really pretty stuff. I, I actually was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I haven't gotten super deep into it, but a little I've listened to, I've enjoyed. And then uh, I decided I wanted to try to listen through Handel's Messiah, which I'd never done. Heard a lot about it. And uh, it I, was an experience. I'll send you one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, My favorite group, Voces 8, uh, they did an amazing job. It's on okay, YouTube. good. I want, I want to hear it then. The one that I, I don't know who it was that did the one I listened to, um, but uh, it, they did a good job. Definitely a different style of music than I'm used to, but there was a couple tracks for sure that I was like, oh, I've heard this song before. <laughs> um, and then there are certain ones that I was like, man, if you just kind of, you know, change the style a little bit, this would still be a good song, you know? I mean, not, not that they're not a good song, but I'm saying like it could, it could be popular now. Um, so anyway, I'm checking that out. And then um, I really like John Cooper's podcast. So I was past couple of days trying to listen to Skillet again. I still have not been able to get into Skillet. Just not my style. And yep. uh, I just don't really know what to do with Skillet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. But I love John Cooper. So and, and the band seems like seems like great people. So um uh, yeah, so then I've uh, just been listening to instrumental EDM music. There's uh, some songs that are just kind of, you know, high BPM, uh, you know, electronic instrumental things that I can listen to while I'm weed eating or whatever. Uh, I shared some of that with Brian on a playlist uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, one of them is pretty fast and it allowed me to cut my 
average lawn time in half listening to it. So it's pretty good. <laughs> um, and then I've been listening to a lot of my own music, some of it that hasn't come out yet, like the second uh, volume of Proverbs 10, uh, The Foolish Man Will Fall. I think uh, I'm going to send one of those songs to Brian end out the episode with. You can hear that sneak peek. Fantastic. And then um, uh, that should be coming out soon. I'm just in the final mixing and mastering phase. All of the recording and, and production has been done. So it's just down to me agonizing over that and just finally getting to the point where I'm like, it's good enough and upload. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm starting to record a new album of acoustic songs, scripture songs. Um, Grant's heard, uh, or at least kind of the pre-production version of one of them. And then, uh, Brian is going to be singing on one of them. Lord willing, Lord willing, uh, Lord willing, um, the behold the man, the hymn that we co-wrote. So I'm excited about that. And then, uh, my plan, Lord willing, prayerfully is to, uh, reach out to some of the artists that we all know and love and uh, see if they might be willing to lend their vocals to some of the tracks. So I'm, I'm uh, excited to see how that goes and see uh, which artists would be willing to do that and are, and are not too busy. I know I reached out to poor Bishop Hooper and they were willing, but they just weren't there. Their uh, schedule was too full. So I understand that. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, there's some, yeah, definitely really great music in there. And, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go back to, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with you all. I should have done this beforehand, but I uh, ran out of time. Well, we decided uh, this morning to make this episode. So I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the, you know, yeah, the, the worked well, uh, caught me on a good day for it. Um, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, I've been listening to a few things, uh, like Spencer, uh, our family also took a road trip. Uh, my parents and are celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, and as are my wife's parents, actually. And um, But for my parents' anniversary, we went out to California and took a road trip out there and got the whole family together. It was really nice. And so my my playlist was uh, is definitely, since February, was definitely impacted by that because there was a, we, we made a family playlist of uh, different songs. Um but uh and you'll you'll see that my top 10 were crown and covenant which is not a surprise i know know. psalm 42 what psalm 42 d i i tell you what guys like if you're going through a tough time or anything like that and like that song will refocus me and uh so i i put that on fairly often just to refocus on um on god uh also uh there were two movies that came out in the last couple of years, uh, one called Revival, another called Puritan. Have you, either of you, seen either of these fine movies? I have not. No, never heard of it. They're feature-length documentaries. They're very well done, very informative, very interesting. Um, and Jared Kraft is the person who wrote the soundtracks to uh, all of them. Uh, they are... Uh, I think really well done. I've re- listened a lot to the revival one. Um, revival, the work of God is the full title there. Um, definitely encourage you to check out the movie and the soundtrack as well. Uh, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Corner room. Uh, you know, they've, they've had that new album out. 
I do like some of their older stuff a little better, but uh, Corner Room, another solid album from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you haven't checked it out, I mean, (laughs) this is pretty much old news by now, but uh, it is very good. Uh, Colony House. uh, These were these are some of the people that were definitely featured on that uh, travel playlist. They have a great summertime sound, especially the album Cannonballers, which we've talked about when it first came out. Um, but one of those days is probably my favorite song of theirs. Um, but I also like Landlocked Surf Rock. It's just a fun, <laughs> like, summertime tune yeah. kind of thing. Which is funny because this album came out, like, last December or January. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty... It came out in pieces, right? I mean, they did the new style drop where they yeah. drop a song per week or something like that until they have a whole album. And then they put out the whole album and it was pretty much, it, it was very much geared towards it came out summertime before, listens. It came out before last February because we talked about it on the last episode. So, Did we really? Oh, yeah, wow. We're the one before that. Oh, we must have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's, a good, it's still good. Strong. I've been listening to it too. Uh, similar in sound anyway, uh, if not feel, is the National Parks. Uh, not a Christian band, but they are very talented and uh, they had a great, again, what I classify as a summertime type sound. They were very appropriate for driving across large swaths of the American Southwest desert. And um, it, it just it fit the, uh, it fit the motif uh, very well. Some of the songs uh, that I, I listened to a lot as we ran chance sunshine, eighth wonder, Eighth Wonder is also the ni- title of their latest album, uh, Rodeo, Summer of Memories. Um, some good ones in there. Then classic Beach Boys. Uh, you know, we were going to California, so we had to get some Beach Boys in there. Owl City. Um, it had been a little bit since I'd like focused on listening to Owl City. I've always enjoyed his his sound. Um, um, Adam, what's his face? Adam Young. Yeah, Adam Young. Thank you out of um, Minnesota and uh, deer in the headlights is like the moment I heard that song. That was one of the first songs that ever heard of um, Owl city. And I have never looked back. Like the lyrics are hilarious. The <laughs> story he tells is compelling and funny. And uh, the uh, music is very catchy. Um, so, but also vitamin C, um, a much newer one. That one came out this year, I think. Learn how to surf. Um, also, fairly new. I want to say it's okay. Um, Embers, fireflies. That's a, I mean, probably his best known tune. And Kelly time, uh, which I think is off one of those newer albums. Anyway, uh, which might be why it found its way onto my top songs of of, of his. Voces Eight uh, mentioned previously as uh, having a very nice recording of the Handel's Messiah of. Handles, not the handles. Handles, Messiah. Uh, Handel is the name of a composer, not like something that is on a drawer. Little Freddy. Um, <laughs> or a briefcase or something like that. Uh, you could, you could refer to him as the Handel. Like if, if that the was Handel. his handle on social media, he would be the real Handel. And for you fans of uh, Phineas and Ferb, uh, Love Handel um, it is also not Love Handel, the band. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Voce say, uh, I've just listened to a smattering of theirs. 
you know, this is this is kind of a fun little trivia fact, right? And you all know my great love for an artist who shares almost my same name, mm. Amy Grant. We'll, we'll um, get, see more about that later. I, I, I realize we're getting there. <laughs> yes. However, this is this is like previewing that. And you, you may or may not know that the rest of my family loves Amy Grant. And uh, I uh, then will sometimes get some plays on my play, precious playlist that count towards her. And so I actually created a soundtrack that got all my people right under Amy Grant to bump up. If I just listen to the playlist enough, it'll bump it up above Amy Grant's playlist. And so I have a special playlist for that. And Voce's 8, the way that Spotify records their artist the first one is the only one that gets credit in last fm and that's you know so i had to like pick certain songs of voce say even though they sing a lot of better stuff than the songs that i quote unquote listen to most are you getting where i'm going with this yeah in yeah. order to get the credit so that last fm would see that i like them better than amy grant all right. Nice, nice. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of calculus going into this guys. <laughs> and, uh, this should probably reveal to you just how dedicated I am to pushing her down the list. Yes. Anyway, I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, that's how my brain works. Sometimes Ola W. Jansen, number nine on my list. Um, this is one of mine and our, uh, wonderful listener, Brian, uh, one of our favorite artists that we uh, we both like quite a bit. Uh, and then Holly Dutton does a lot of shorter uh, songs based on the shorter catechism. I mentioned her before. Um, but then special mention, Spencer Parsons, um, Forget Not All of his, All His Benefits is still number one for me uh, listening to you. Oh, thank um, you. A Wise Son and A Wise Son instrumental piano version are uh, right behind that. And then you're my joy, which though, honestly, those four songs are killer. I mean, oh. those, those are great. Forget not all his benefits and you're my joy are probably my favorites that you've done ever. But, um, I, I'm very excited to hear the, uh, songs that you and Brian are cooking up here. And, um, the one that you sent me kind of the preview of, uh, it sounds like it could be something really special. So awesome. looking forward to, to those. The funny story on that, I, I was recording, yeah. um, uh, or I was having the vocals recorded. Jesse Morgan is going to sing that one, Lord willing. Um, I hired her to sing it, and uh, she sent back the stuff. And I realized that I had sent my vocals to the guitarist um, and, mm-hmm. and with the click track and everything. And I said, can you put an intro? And so he said, sure. So he, he did put in an intro. But when I sent her the files, the stems, I forgot that he put an intro. So my vocals started on the intro for her. So she learned the song with everything offset by like eight measures. <laughs> and so she probably was totally confused, but she sang the entire song with the wrong chords that were underneath and everything. And so I felt so bad. Like, but This guy is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's done enough songs with me before to where I think, and those chords were just right enough to where, you know, it could have worked, you know, but every uh-huh. all the, all the breaks were in the wrong places. It was just, it, it didn't work. So, um, I felt so bad, but I was like, you're going to have to record this. I'll, I'll pay you again. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll have to, we're going to have to redo that. But, um, that was a punch in the gut for me because I, I don't have much budget for music. So 
making a mistake like that is is uh, nigh devastating for me. <laughs> I I hear you, I hear you. Uh, yeah. So that set me back, but we're we're still plugging along. I'll I'll just have to wait a couple of weeks until my next paycheck. We'll, we'll get it going. Awesome! I'm looking forward to it. You you're doing wonderful work there, and um, yeah. Uh, we all really appreciate the work you're doing, Spencer. Thank oh, you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I think you're one of the few people that listens to that instrumental version of that A Wise Son. I, on uh, Spotify, oh, really? you know, you see the stats. There's like, I think less than 20 people that listen to that. Like all the other ones get streams, but that one doesn't get many streams. So I, I, I know I see that and I'm like, there's Grant. He's 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 pulling his weight over there. My kids like the version that, quote, has the chipmunk in it. Yeah. <laughs> the retro wave version. Yeah. Like, that one's my favorite. The one with the chipmunk in it. It's like, okay. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Um, yeah. Um, I'm really excited for this second one that's coming out, the volume two. Instead of six tracks, I'm only doing five this time. Um, but I've got really, really... Um, some of the producers did just a really fantastic job. I got one guy that was from um, Israel that did a, the instrumental one at the end, this time is a lo-fi version. And um, he just did a, a fantastic job. You're going to really like it. Um, and uh, it was just neat to me to have a guy from Israel doing a song based on Proverbs, even though he's not a Christian, you know, it's, you know, from his heritage. And, and I was just hoping that maybe the Lord would, you know, speak to him through his own scriptures, you know, so. Mm-hmm. see what awesome, happens man. yeah well looking forward to it uh that's coming out when do you have a date yet or no <laughs> oh that's cool that's all I, right i i uh i just gotta buckle down and get it down my i, I keep having squirrel moments and flashy shiny things that, that distract me hey uh yeah i totally understand that i i mean i i mentioned at the top of the show there's there's a reason we haven't recorded in it starts with G and ends with T and there's a rant in the middle. So, Oh, there's, I was thinking of other things like goat. I was like, what does a goat have? To <laughs> yeah. No, it's me. It's me. Okay. It's me. You're only one piece of the puzzle. I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. Finished my first year of school, started my second awesome. year of school. Summer was crazy busy as well. I mean, it's just life. This, yep. this, time, of, this time of life is just, busy so um i don't know we we kind of mentioned already about john cooper podcast trying to listen to skillet Um, i don't know if you've been able to listen to any of their more recent episodes but in the past few weeks uh john cooper's put out a couple really good episodes as well as uh Alyssa childers has put out an interesting episode um and I do think, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Spencer, did, were, did you send me the Elisa Childers podcast episode? Yeah, I, I heard both the Coop, John Cooper ones and then the Elisa Childers one. And then they did, or maybe that was the second John Cooper one, I don't know, but they did one together. Yeah, one together as well, yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about these just a little bit before we get into our main topic. Uh, because I, one, I want to point people's attention to these episodes. We're going, I, I put together a little playlist uh, with just the three episodes in it. Fair warning, each episode is over an hour long. And 
uh, we're already 27 minutes into this recording. This one's going to be over an hour long as well. So this is already like your whole week uh, that I'm taking away from you. But I do encourage you to at least to go in and check these out. Take take your time, listen through them. Um, so John Cooper is involved in CCM. He is lead singer of Skillet. Skillet has been a long-standing kind of member of that community. Uh, Alyssa Childers uh, was in the industry for a long time uh, as one of the members of Zoe Girl in the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, spoiler alert, she's trying to get back in. Uh, not necessarily into the industry itself, but she's going to be just doing the kind of posting to Spotify uh, every so often type deal. But um, so both of them know the industry. They both have friends in the industry. They both um, have history and some present with the industry. And, you know, their their podcasts are also both pretty successful and, and, and influential. And so what they say, I think people listen to them, and I'm willing to say this, more than they listen to me. So um, when I hear what they're saying in that, when, when they agree with each other on things, and when what they say agrees with what I say, it makes my ears perk up. Uh, so I wanted to just kind of point out a few bullet points, uh, the uh, takeaways. First, uh, progressive Christianity is getting more and more and more pervasive within the CCM industry. Um, the Judah, we, we talked about Judah um, probably a couple of years ago now. He put out a really good song called Fullness of God that we talked about. And uh, <clears throat> he did some collaboration with John Foreman and, uh, and Caleb Chapman, but he released a song a couple weeks ago called uh, Beatitudes that dropped the F-bomb. And because he's being real, he's trying to he's trying to witness. He's trying to be an actual witness to the world by being real and dropping the F-bomb, implying that people like you and me that don't drop the F-bomb aren't being a real witness. That's just an example. Uh, John Cooper was a few more. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Where does he get off saying that? You're like. Oh, yeah. yes, I'm the one who's really reaching people for Christ because I'm doing it precisely the wrong way and not actually, you know, even listening to Christ, um, obviously. Right. Uh, but yet that's somehow supposed to be holier. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and really what, what they're doing is they're identifying with their fallenness over, over Christ. So I'm, you know, I'm this messed up fallen guy and that makes me legit. Whereas, you know, I'm not identifying with Christ. And, and quite honestly, this is really the foundation of the whole, you know, Greg Johnson thing as well. Uh, PCA pastor who is no longer part of the PCA because he identifies as same-sex attracted. It's been a big, big ordeal within the PCA church over the last several yeah, years. To be clear, he, he, he left on his he left own board. Um, he, he, he left before they could kick him out, but yes. Um, coming to it. Um, so one thing that was very interesting, uh, I I heard the name just kind of dropped randomly on the Presbycast Discord of all places, and I didn't think anything of it until Spotify had said, hey, you should listen to this album, at which one I'm like, huh, what is that? And then uh, the John Cooper podcast also talks about this. There is a Christian, quote-unquote, Christian artist by the name of Flamey Grant. And while this individual's name 
last name is sort of like your first name. It um, is sort of like my first name. Sort of. Um, this is, I'm, I'm sorry for you for that. This individual is. I a, mentioned my special playlist, didn't I? You did. <laughs> so this, this individual is a self-proclaimed Christian drag queen artist. He's a dude. Oh, wait, this isn't who I was talking about earlier. Flamey Grant. Yeah. I thought that was just being facetious. No, no, no. This is a guy who, you know how the drag queens, they have, I, I I know how it works. Yeah. But I did not, this is somebody did this. There is a, and they got to like number one on iTunes or something, didn't they? Yeah. The Christian iTunes charts. Yeah. Yeah. I obviously have been playing my role as a uh, <clears throat> host of a well-known um, Christian music podcast here. This is <laughs> so. Oh, uh, that's really frightening. So worth noting, this isn't the most recent album, but the one that I think is maybe the most popular. It involves uh, a collaboration with Jennifer Knapp, who's been out of the picture for a long time. Um, Derek Webb. And uh, similar the usual suspects, in other words, yeah, the usual suspects. And so, yeah, uh, I think in the music video with the Derek Webb song, he dresses up like a girl as well in it. And he posted to social media about how liberating that felt and yada, yada, yada. And I say this just to point out that discernment is important more now than ever, ever before. I grew up with the understanding that if it had Christian as a label, then it was okay. doesn't matter what it's, if it says Christian, that's good. And we just can't do that anymore. It's just, it's just not, not an opportunity. It's just not a, a thing we have to, we have to use discernment when we're looking at that stuff. Um, the final piece, final thing I wanted to point out was that both John Cooper and Alyssa Childers, John Cooper's more reformed leaning. Uh, Alyssa Childers is fairly Arminian. Um, but both kind of came to the conclusion that it, we should kind of do the blanket rule of no longer listening to Bethel and Hillsong. Uh, they said that they still will sing songs that uh, pass the test, but that those are exceptions. It's no longer accept them and throw out the ones that are bad. It's reject them, but you can bring in the ones that are good. Um, which that's major to me. That's major that these people with this influence are saying the same things that, that it's becoming this obvious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to point those things out. Did you have any, any other input that you wanted to, to give since I know that you've listened through these episodes as well? I did just a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it completely left me. Uh, I don't remember. I'm sorry. No, I do. Uh, I do think maybe I missed some stuff, but I do listen to Lisa Childers a lot and I never really got anything Arminian from her. I think she may be more just reformed Baptist. Like she may not be the full five point, uh, but I, I think she's reform leaning as well from what I could pick up. And I think she said somewhere on her podcast once that, that she was more Arminian leaning, but I, I might. Okay. I know I she's more charismatic leaning or she's on the continuation spectrum or however she yeah. put it. Maybe that's what she's thinking. But, Maybe um, so. Man, there was something I was going to say about that and I forgot. Oh, well. If it comes to you, 
just yell it out. Just interrupt whatever we're saying and, and yell it out. That's how that's how uh, we do it here at the Balm and Gilead. Okay. Oh, I remember what it was. I'm glad. Um, on Elisa Childers, when she was talking, one of the other things that she mentioned when she was talking about Christian music and stuff uh, was uh, the way that the um, most of the Christian music now goes through the secular labels. Yeah, there is a lot of it that that I see more and more that people are are getting smart and, and going in, you know indie, independent uh, labels. But um, I think partly because of the streaming world, it, it's not there's not as as much of a, a need for a label, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it has been something that has been bothering me for probably over ten years now. But every year it seems to bother me more how these companies own the music like they own the copyright they own everything um to the point where if you go on the getty's website just you know on the faq section and it says you know can i have permission to use you know do your song in church and they have on there it says we don't have the the rights to give you that permission we don't own the copyright to our songs and i just read that and i'm like oh that is like not good it's not good (laughs) why are we giving the rights to people that are secular that are, you know, if they want to pull the plug on it, they can pull the plug or, you know, um, I don't know. So anyway, I, I was really appreciative that she was calling out that a little bit as well. Yeah. That and if you do the whole CCLI license, uh, yeah. you know, your, your, your churches, even if it's a solid group like the Gettys, um, a portion of that money is going to whatever secular, one of the big three music labels. And I just don't think it's right for this, those companies to be profiting off of all the different church services. Um, anyway, so I was excited to hear her mention that I hadn't heard a, uh, a major podcaster bring that up. Um, and so, uh, that was encouraging. She said that whatever music she puts out, uh, she's going to go around that system. And, uh, I'm also going to try to do that with mine, but, uh, that was yeah. just, uh, kind of to the level of what you were saying about bringing up Bethlehem Hillsong. I was like, I can't believe somebody's actually talking about this in a major platform. <laughs> To be fair, she never called them out by name. She said, there is right. a place that you can go to purchase a copyright license to play their music. It's like, we all yeah. know you're talking about the CCLI. Yeah, I think everybody knew what she meant. And I th- yeah. on, on the on the mashup one with John Cooper, she actually did say their name. Uh, I think, that. yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was not very, very happy about the CCLI uh, setup. Yeah. Which I've heard before that like it's a, it's basically a scam um, because yeah. no record label like I think that there's laws in place that would protect churches from this from getting sued for displaying lyrics for worship songs, but CCLI says you should still pay us anyway. Okay, um, so I've looked into this extensively because of our church, um, but also because I'm I'm uh, one of the apps. Uh, I'm a full stack developer as well. And so I, there's several apps that I want to build. And one of them is to address that issue because under the copyright law, if it's in a religious service, you can perform the song uh, and be exempt from the copyright law. You can sing it uh, and you can display the lyrics. But uh, the thing that they catch you on is that if you type it into the computer, it, they count it as a reproduction, which is not covered. You can't reproduce the music. Yeah. You can only display it. So I'm like, I've went through all the ways I can think of and I'm like, it's not helpful. <laughs> you know, how, how can you actually get it on the screen without violating the copyright? You still have to pay. Uh, so unless you like 
mirrored your screen, uh, you know, your laptop screen with a web page of a licensed copy and then use the scroll, you know, scroll your mouse wheel to just go through the lyrics. Uh, I don't know how else you'd be able to get up there. So I'm looking into building an app that would be a worship presentation software. To my knowledge, there isn't one in existence that runs entirely from a phone on an app. And so I want to try to build one of those um, and uh, work in the licensing and stuff into it so that uh, you don't have to use CCLI. That'd be good. But we'll that see. would be amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I have lots of ideas, lots of plans. Yeah. Most of them don't turn out. <laughs> but maybe this well, one will. Well, hopefully this will get you off the lawnmower. I think that's the goal, right? Well, I, I do love getting the exercise and I love my job. Uh, but I think the ultimate goal is if the Lord does call me to uh, foreign missions, uh, the place that I feel called to go is a city and there isn't any landscape work there. So um, I would need to, before I go, transition into something that would translate to that environment, which uh, also meeting the visa requirements and things like that, permanent residency. Um, I think it looks like running some sort of online business would be the, the way to go. So fantastic. We'll see. That's awesome. I just, yeah, you've done so much work around this. I mean, you're learning the Latvian language through reading their Bible. You've been over there. You've been meeting with people, um, and definitely on our prayer list. And, uh, hopefully thank you, dear listener. Uh, they are on yours. Uh, Spencer is on yours too. Yes, um, I need definitely it. want to be holding the home up in prayer for for clear guidance from the Lord here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you have to pay extra for group text messages if you're overseas? No, um, iMessage and all that stuff, um, uh, Discord and all that runs off data. So, um, yeah, doesn't cost extra at all. Just turn your phone on silent when you go to bed. And Latvia has, I think it's one of the top three uh, internet speeds in the world. They're, they're very high tech. Yeah. So, yeah. Just don't let us wake you up when we start talking about. (laughs) That's right. Well, I haven't, I haven't muted anyway. And then I just go in every now and then and check on it. Fantastic. All right. So any final thoughts before we move into the song versus song? It's been a while since we've done one. That was a great segue into the song versus song, Brian. Fantastic. I'm so good at this. <laughs> All right. So um, a song just came out uh, this past Friday, and I, I saw the title of it, and I just looking at the title said, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. And then I saw the artist, and I said, I really, really don't think so. Um, the song is titled... Christ is lower still. And it is performed by none other than the Porter's Gate. Come on, Brian. That's just being being um uh like provocative. It's just provocative, right? It's provocative, yes. If you ask me, it's trying being... to get a rise, you know? Trying to make up unintended. A rise with lowest. Yes. <laughs> Let me say my joke. Come on, let me just say it. <laughs> my joke. If you ask me, they're just being reckless. Oh, <laughs> that's right. pretty good. That out. Speaking out of, of which, uh, 
I can't remember if I've told you the story before, but um, my son and I, the gym that we go to is like a quote unquote Christian gym, right? Oh man. It's like Christian music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, whenever reckless comes on, Jaden gives me a look. My son uh, gives me a look. He's like, dad, they're playing your song. (laughs) I've told you before, told you before that when I worked at Chick-fil-A, when they still played the Muzak over the, the speakers, it was like almost clockwork. Every time I went to the bathroom, Oceans was playing. <laughs> yeah, that was intentional. They actually yeah. only played Oceans in the bathroom. Uh, I don't know if you knew that or not, Brian. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> this little inside joke for the homeschool moms. Yeah. All right. So, Christ is lower still. The Porter's Gate okay. already. Oh boy. Already, we're we're you know batting zero. So, yeah. and before you start, for if in case there's people who haven't listened, if this is their jumping in point to the podcast, do you want to say a quick sentence about the Porter's Gate? Why it is? Yes. Okay. So the Porter's Gate. If you've never listened to me before, the Porter's Gate. Um, their leader is a guy named Isaac Wardell, who was at one point, I think, a Presbyterian music minister. At least he was in the PCA. And he was head of an organiz- of a ministry called Bifrost Arts, which really produced some, some fantastic music that we've, in past episodes, praised very highly. Well, I believe they still are too, right? I, I don't think they've put anything out in a long time. They've re-released some old stuff. uh, I need to check this out because I thought they were connected too with the Versus Project, which is what the uh, music minister at my church started. So did they release some some Versus stuff through Bifrost? I thought they did. Well, maybe not, but I don't know. Um, You go on. I'm sorry. They haven't released anything on their own. uh, Like on Bandcamp, they re-released some stuff recently, but they haven't put out anything new that I have seen in, in a long time. But um, they were releasing some stuff and then all of a sudden they just stopped. But then uh, apparently Isaac Wardell, uh, I forget which river it is that you jump when you become Anglican. I'll have to ask Chortles that one. But they he became Anglican and, uh, and then started Porter's Gate. And Porter's Gate started off, I think, half decent. I, I, didn't, I haven't looked at too much of their very very early stuff but i think they they stayed pretty like off the radar as much as they could uh until um until george floyd happened and they released the song oh sacred neck now wounded which described the crucifixion in terms of george floyd's quote-unquote murder um bent by blows and knees uh was one of the lines um it's just really really crazy stuff they had another song that said you know we'll, we'll shout we'll march in the streets no justice no peace which was a black lives matters um slogan so they just have kind of showed their their cards as that they are very woke very progressive and then they release an album called climate vigils which i still can't believe that that happened um but then this song came out so that's that's who the porter's gate is they are they're apostate. They, they, they do not sing songs that really that glorify the Lord. So, and it's dangerous, too, because they're pulling in people 
yeah. that I'm really surprised are, are partnering with them, which I guess in a way it could mm -hmm. be good because it's helping us see those yeah. people's true colors. But it's very yeah. disappointing and sad. Uh, some of the people, uh, it seems uh, like every so often I see another person that's partnering with them. And I'm like, why? Please. The, the biggest one that threw me off was on Climate Vigils, Fernando Ortega had a... Yes. Yep. Yeah. And Sarah Groves. Um, yeah, Sarah Groves. Now but Caroline Cobb is starting to get comfy with them. And I'm like, why? I haven't, I haven't should, seen she that. She should know better. Yeah. She should know better. Um, She's having some that. of the people with them... Uh, uh, on her album and even on her website lists, you know, of yeah. the Porter Gate, you know, like she's cross cross promoting them. Yeah, I know that Paul Zach was, was like she had done a song with him like way back. Um, but yeah, it's Paul Zach, Liz Vice, um, Page CXVI, um, oh, uh, Audrey Assad. Well, and, he's not a Christian anymore, right? And Taylor Lanhart uh, are these are some of the artists that are like in deep with with the Porter's Gate, and and it, it is like if you listen if you go to these guys' pages and listen to their songs, it's just it's really baffling. Like I am, I'm really confused as to what in the world is really going on, but it's it's disappointing for sure. Yeah, um, I haven't heard that about Audrey Assad, but I'm not incredibly surprised. Oh, you mean that she's not a Christian? Yeah. Yeah, she um, has decided that she's going to promote uh, psychedelic mushrooms now as her thing. Interesting. Oh. If you yes. look at some That's of her really album covers, covers, it's not, yeah. But she but, converted to Catholicism from evangelicalism, which... Yeah, I, I knew that happened. Weird. And then she just... I think that was a long track. time ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. But I'm just saying, if somebody's going to make that transition, then it's not sure. super surprising that they would do something like that. Yeah, and then really uh, I used to really like her stuff. Yeah. She had a great voice. Yeah. She probably still does, if, as long as she's sober. But um, this song, Christ is Lower Still, it is sung by a lady named Doe, D-O-E, that I've never heard before this song, and one Matt Marr, who is very familiar um and this is the second song that matt marr has done with porter's gate the first being oh sacred neck now wounded mm. wait yeah. matt marr isn't he the uh he's the catholic, catholic too or was yeah he's a catholic guy that he works with passion a lot um uh oh god how i need you that your grace is enough ironically yeah <laughs> yeah hmm. uh yeah, so he's he's written a lot that a lot of big Eva songs. All right, so let's get into it. Verse one: Breathe in, reach out, touch the hem of your garment now. Help me, heal me, my mind, my body, my soul. Um, any initial thoughts? I think for me, the big thing that I, like the very first two lines, kind of breathe in, reach out. This is kind of a command for me to do something. That's That was one of the first things that jumped out at me. Touch the hem of your garment now. So there's like these three commands. I feel like this kind of breaks your, your rule of like, 
uh, what is it, tense or whatever, where it's it's hard to understand who they're talking to and who's talking. Like different yeah. lines are different. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is just a confusing verse, not well written. Yeah. Touch the hem of your garment now is, abs- is is definitely pulling from the passage in Mark where the lady with the issue of blood touches Jesus' garment. So uh, we do get a biblical reference. Um, help me, heal me, my mind, my body, my soul is kind of a strange line. I think part of what might help understand this too is, uh, I don't know if you noticed on the when I looked it up on YouTube, in preparation for the episode in the corner, it, it shows uh, a couple different organizations, I think, that have partnered with this. Um, and one of them is a mental health institute. Okay. So I think this song is written, maybe if they've come out with a new album, maybe the whole thing is kind of like instead of a climate vigil, maybe this is themed around mental anxiety, health. Anxiety vigils. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So with that in mind, so this, my mind, my body, my soul, I think that it's going to be important to keep that at the, at the front of your mind uh, when we get to this chorus, especially the third line in the chorus. The front so of the, the body, the front of our soul. The front of my body, the front of my, I was trying to say it <laughs> using the word mind. It's like, you're just not, you're just not another word. I, keep it at the forefront <laughs> of my thinking. There we go. There, okay. <laughs> All right. Chorus. Let the king descend, living word made flesh. Lift this heavy heart to your throne, O God. In his wounds, I find room for all of mine. When from grace I fell, Christ was lower still. Yeah, this is, I think, where the problems start to crop up here in the song. Um, I mean... Let the king descend, living word made flesh. Okay, I think we have here a pretty clear reference to Philippians 2. And like, uh, you know, the idea of the lift this heavy heart to your throne of God. Okay, I mean, we have, yeah, you know, this is a common theme found in a lot of of music, right? Yeah. Um, But if the point is that Christ is lower still, why are they lifting up the heavy heart to your throne? Um, uh, What is the point there? not completely sure there, uh, but then in his wounds, I find room for all of mine, I think is probably one of the most problematic lines because yeah. what it is, it's trying to identify your wounds with Christ's, but it yeah. forgets who made the wounds. <laughs> right. Yes. It was us. Um, yeah. And it seems to completely ignore that fact. And it's just like, Oh yes. Christ is sort of like, you know, somebody who kind of comes alongside and helps us out a little bit when we need it. It's all right. Uh, it's he the way it us. makes it sound. Yeah. It's, he's, a, he's a victim that we as victims can identify with, basically. Yeah. This yeah. is like the He yeah. Gets Us anthem is what this yeah. is. For sure. I could see that. We're kind of subtly referencing, you know, Isaiah by his wounds, I am healed. But that's not what we're getting. We're, we're getting something that's not that we're, we're, we're trying to make people think this is biblical when it's not. Um, and then when from grace, I fell, okay, tell me what that means. Like, I know what mm. colloquially that means, but I never fell from grace. I was born a sinner. I was uh, in my, in sin was I conceived. 
I never fell from grace. But even then, if I did, Christ was lower still. Christ was lower than whenever I sinned. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I, I I will say it's a, it's kind of a, a sweet sea turn of phrase that looks like I just get the feeling this whole song is written for the pumpkin spice latte crowd. All right, like doesn't it feel like that a little bit? Oh yeah. I'm curious what your I've guys never had thoughts one. on that. Yes, exactly. You're not part you of the demographic, my friend. You know, there's no pumpkin in pumpkin spice. It's the spice. It's right. the spice. It's the spice. In it's the spice. Pie. There's no pumpkin in pumpkin spice anyway <laughs> the point being like it's just i i don't know if the words were i i think the words are coming from a place where it, this is my impression anyway that they were trying to write something that sounded really meaningful and they put a bunch of words in there out of things that they believe which are showing the incongruity of those beliefs but without them really realizing it. Does that make sense? Yes. That's what it feels like. I learned a word recently that this, that is what you're grasping at. And the word is deepity. So this is a deepity, D E E P I T Y. And what it means is something that sounds profound, but actually has no meaning. Yeah. Yeah. It's got truthiness. Yes. And I learned this from from the podcast filter through a brain cell. You should all listen to that. It's a good Mm. one logical fallacy. You've recommended that. that before, yeah. I have. Um, actually, listening to that is what was the inspiration for my most recent edit on our, on our questionnaire. So, yeah, we have a logical fallacy section on the questionnaire now. It's on the website, I think. I don't remember if we have Nice. Ever, if it's it not, just send it over to me and I'll put it up there. It will be by the time you listen to this. Uh, yes. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, in his wounds, I find room for all of mine. Uh, I want to quote one of my favorite John Stock quotes, and that is, before we can see the cross as something done for us, we must see it as something done by us. And it's just so important. In his wounds, I found room for all of mine. Jesus took on wounds to save me. I purposefully took, like, wounded myself because I hated God. Jesus took on his wounds because he loved me. I took on my wounds because I hated God. Those are not anywhere close to the same. They are actually polar opposites. So um, I can't relate to Christ taking on his wounds because I took on my wounds for selfish reasons. He took his on for uh, selfless reasons. Yeah. He gets us, but I don't get him. So I'll just say that. <laughs> I was just looking up um, when they said when from grace I fell. I think that's just kind of maybe a, a common term or something like that yeah. that people use. But I looked up, you know, I think there's only one passage in scripture that, that uses that term, uh, which is Galatians 5, 4. I was looking up the Got Questions article about that. Um, and they're talking about... Uh, I forget. It's people who have been saved or supposedly been saved. They fall from grace. People use it, you know, as a, as a way to justify that you can lose your salvation. But um, if you believe in eternal security or, or the perseverance of the faith, obviously that's not possible. Um, 
but it, it bottom line is the way that it's mentioned in scripture has nothing to do with what they're talking about here. Yeah. Um, so I think what, what they were referencing was like, uh, before they got saved maybe. And then, but Christ was there, but lower. So like, no, no matter how bad your sins are, you know, you, you can come to Christ or whatever they, they say, yeah. which I, I still think that that whole thing is, is silly, but. Yeah. Um, and one final thing, uh, the beginning of this course is a command or is, is a request, you know, let the king descend. The king already descended and has ascended and he, he descended in Philippians 2, you know, he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself. Um, but then, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name. And that is where he is now, reigning in power. I don't want him to descend. He is in the highest place. He is the name above all name, reigning in power and all supreme authority and sovereignty. We don't have him come back down. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how he works. He doesn't have to condescend to me anymore because he already did and completed that work. And that is a major, major thing. He completed the work. He doesn't have to do it again. That's, you know, Matt Marr is singing this. It's a very you know Catholic idea. Mm-hmm. I was just looking at the second line of the course and it just kind of hit me. Um, he said, lift, lift this heavy heart to your throne, O God. And um, I guess you don't really think about it. I guess it's, it's, you just kind of pass over it. But as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what does that mean? Lift, why, why would we want our heart to be lifted to his throne? <laughs> I mean, it, it reminds me of several passages where it's like uh, Jesus said, you know, if you obey my commands, I'll make my home with you. Uh, with you, you know what I'm talking about? Is that in John yeah. maybe? Um, and of course it says the Holy, uh, our bodies are the temple of the Holy spirit. It's like his throne is in us as a, as a Holy temple. It's not like we have to be lifted somewhere else. I don't know. Obviously there is his throne that's in heaven, but um, it seems like in this context, it would be a strange thing to put it that way. Yeah. I just got flashback to Reliant K is all I got in that line. You took my heavy heart. (laughs) You took my heavy heart. Oh, yes, I have heard that one. And crayons will melt on us for all I care, or something like that. And then I was like, "I'm out." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. Reliant K was cool back in the day for sure, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about them. Let's let's move on. (laughs) So yeah, that's the chorus. So the, so verse one, there's a lot of vague, it's very unwordy. It's a lot of like half sentences and this kind of nebulosity. That's a word I just made up. And then, um, we get to the chorus and the chorus is just a train wreck of theology. It's just all over the place. So let's move on to verse two and back to the nebulosity. See if I remember that word at the end of the episode. Um, Humbly, lowly, Jesus waits in the valley. My Savior suffers with me. With him, I'll rise again. I think it's strange that they would say Jesus waits in the valley. Like It's like it almost comes across like he's always there waiting for somebody to come down 
mm-hmm. to that point uh, so he can suffer with them. Which, I mean, I, so that's the tricky part about false teaching and, and, you know, things like that is that there's always a, a grain of truth to it. There's always, you know, a, mm-hmm. an element of something to it where you can be like, okay, yeah, I could see that. But then at the same time, it's like not true. Yeah. Again, to quote one of my favorite Spurgeon quotes, discernment is not, you know, telling what is right from what is wrong. It's telling what is right from what is almost right. And so, you know, we, we do, we get these. So this, my savior suffers with me with him. I'll rise again. Yeah. There's a Bible passage. that's very similar. You know, I, if, if I am buried with Christ, then I will rise with Christ. But that means something completely different than what they're saying here. Yeah. They're not talking about at the end. They're talking about rising up out of the valley. Yeah. And so they're, they're using this really vague theological terminology to push a message that isn't biblical. I don't know what Jesus waits in the valley means. Like, I, mean, I get what they're trying to say, but I have no idea, like, where they're getting that information. Like, where is that coming from? It's more of your, uh, say your word again, <laughs> deepifying. Ned, well, deepity. Deepity. Yeah. It's yeah, like it is. It's a deepity. Words constructed to sound good, but with little meaning. Yeah. When I listened to the song and I was actually playing, I remember thinking to myself, like, the way that the song is written the way the music is written, it's almost designed to where you're not really supposed to make any major connections between the different parts of the songs or even some of the lines. It's almost like you're just supposed to take each line on its own and forget that it's connected to anything as a whole, you know. That's the only way it can make any sort of sense or to where your brain just kind of stops trying to make any sense of it. You just kind of listen to the song, you know, and you half the song goes by and you're like, wait, wait, I was trying to listen to what they're saying and I already, <laughs> it just went by me because it was just not really you know, sinking in. So yeah. I think it, like, like Grant was saying, I think it's probably made for more of the coffee shop stuff going in the background or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's for, yeah. For, for the pumpkin spice latte crowd. Pumpkin spice latte. It sounds crowd. good, but it's not even a real pumpkin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get the, we get the course again, then there's a little tag at the end and then, so it's, you know, last line is when from grace I fell, Christ was lower still. And then till the earth is filled, Christ is lower still. And I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm so confused. Till the earth is filled, Christ is lower still. I don't, I, I, I am just completely lost on that line. It's bizarre. Yeah. Like, it's not just you. filled with what <laughs> filled with what suffering me yeah suffering maybe i don't know maybe is that is that what they're trying to say is this a wounds in you it like wound my wounds and your wounds or something like that i don't i don't have any idea i don't have any idea what that line means you're talking um, about that uh genesis mandate where you know god tells Adam to, to fill the earth yeah yeah so yeah, until, that. until clearly until to where overpopulated Christ is lower still. Like, I just, I can't think of any, any interpretation of the first half of that line that makes the second half of the line make any sense. Yeah. So Christ was lower still. So when from grace, I felt Christ was lower still. 
till the earth is filled, Christ is lower still. I guess. I'm just uncomfortable with the whole lower. Oh, yeah. Lower language. I mean, yes, I get that. Maybe they're trying to make a point of like his um, condescension. But it's not like he's lowering himself below us. He's lowering himself to us. Yes. And yeah, he became a servant, but that's like in according to his earthly nature. Um, and uh, so I'm really having a hard time with that. Like, because I don't think it's clear what they're really trying to say. And what I fear they're trying to say is that um, they're trying to mix up the condescension of Christ, Christ coming down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and taking on the likeness of a servant with being actually like lower than, than us, you know, somehow. Yeah. And that does not seem, you know, that I don't think that's a very healthy confusion to make there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what they mean. Um, so let me get to the bridge. And I cut out a lot of the words uh, in, in what I have here because there was a lot of repetition going on. They have this line, we lift it all up to you, Lord, in between every other line. And it's just, I think they had like eight lines of just saying, we lift it all up to you, Lord. And then they have this other section where it's in between every other line. So I'm just going to give you the, the abridged bridge. Uh, we lift it all up to you, Lord. We lift our heads, we lift our hands. We lift our dreams, we lift our plans, we lift our sorrow and our pain. We cast our cares on you again. We lift it all up to you, Lord. And then it gives the chorus again with that, till the earth is filled, Christ is lower still. The bridge is the only one that I don't really have a problem with. I mean, if it's in isolation, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. That's uh, Philippians 4. You know, and, uh, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything. Uh, prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, cast all your cares. Or not, cast all your cares. Present all your cares to the Lord. Yeah. So. And I think, like, the big, like, just head-scratching thing is we we say Christ is lower still, and then we're lifting stuff up. Yeah. And so who are we lifting it to? <laughs> if Christ is lower still, who am I lifting up my head to? Well, maybe they're maybe they're separating God the Father and Christ the Son. Maybe that's what they're trying to get at. I don't know. Uh, which, that all I mean that has implications for your view of the Trinity. Yeah, and, um, and I'm I'm definitely <laughs> I, I definitely I'm saying this as a grammar Nazi. Like, like I, mm. I, I truly think that they're still talking about Jesus, but I'm just pointing out the flaw in the, in the grammatical, like, argument. They state that Christ is lower, but now I'm lifting everything up to Christ, who is above me, but yet he's lower than me, and it's just a bad. It's just bad songwriting. It's just yeah. a bad argument. I think they wrote it without anticipating that somebody like <laughs> us would come and try to pick it apart. 
Yeah. Well, okay. This could be, uh, I was confused. I went and pulled up their Facebook page and on there, Matt Marr does share a little bit about the song. Perhaps okay. this could be helpful. Um, let's see. They went on this retreat. I mean, they're music artists. That's what you do when you're a musical artist. Uh, you go on retreats. Anyway, pastor and theologian John Swinton. Um, I don't know if... Anyway, they're at this conference with the Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. Um, okay. So that, that, that was definitely a part of what was playing into this, right? Shared the experiences of people who, despite their struggling with mental health and well-being, have a deep abiding faith. Often they encounter Christ not on the mountaintop, but in the depths of their struggles. The struggle does not denote the absence of Christ. It's merely another moment to encounter him in the midst of. So when they put it like that, it becomes a little bit clearer. Like, okay, I see. I mean, like, I literally have the book Valley of Vision. But yeah. um, the point, <laughs> you know, which is a book of prayers that are modeled after some of the Puritan prayers. It's very, uh, very good, especially for um, anytime you're going through like a, a little bit more of a difficult time. It's a great one to pull out and just pray through some of some of that or use it as inspiration, really, maybe for your own prayers. But the, the point is that you're in the valley, but you're looking up to Christ uh, <laughs> there um, yeah. here. It's but, you, you know, I think that's just like common, uh, just generic Christianity chatter, like to, you know, talking about mountaintops and valleys. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like I've heard that my whole life. Yeah. And so I know that's I, I, maybe, maybe that is like the only depth that they're actually trying for is, oh yeah, you know, sometimes people think you just find Christ on the mountaintops. Well, for people who are going through a mental health crisis, they're not on the mountaintop and they actually will maybe find Christ in the depths of their depression or whatever, um, that Christ is right there with them. And yeah, I mean, what's there to say about that? Of course, Christ is always yeah. with us. Um, uh, we who are his, he will never let us go. Um, and I, I just feel like the way that they're going about it is a little, <laughs> I wish the weird thing is they keep combining like that concept with like when from grace, I fell Christ was Lord. So they're, they're mixing it with the salvation exactly. sin issue. So it's like, they got to pick, right. pick, pick the yeah. message. What are you trying to say? You know? And they're trying to say that our wounds are just like a, a, you know, a picture of Christ's wounds, which is really weird. Um, and I don't think that's very healthy either. But. Yeah. I, yeah. Christ didn't die to save me from my mental health. It doesn't mean that Christ doesn't care about my mental health or that Christ won't heal me from my mental health. Christ died to save me from my, from my spiritual death. Like I was spiritually dead and he died to raise me up spiritually, which will affect me physically and mentally as well. Because in the last day, my mind, my body, my soul will all be resurrected in the new heaven, new earth. Like that's it. That is an important truth, but his wounds, I find room for all of mine. Like I can't, I can't compare that. Like that just doesn't, doesn't compute. Right. Like that's not, that's not helpful to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it does help to kind of at least contextualize this in the understanding that this was definitely written in um, some kind of like 
uh, a, a mental health type um, scenario. Yeah. Um, but Maybe yeah, I rubbed he, off on him a little bit and it affected their songwriting. You know? I, so. <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, he does say like the God who suffers with his people who carried it all upon the cross. Uh, okay. Right there. Uh, he carried what upon the cross? Um, suffering? Uh, or was it God's wrath? And until he comes again in glory, uh, he has ascended into heaven and simultaneously continues to meet those suffering in the middle of it. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, uh, I think you can find a, a number of Bible verses that Christ is near to the suffering. Um, yeah. But, um, I mean, a group like Porter's Gate, we just cannot and will not give the benefit of the doubt um, yeah, no. after they've proven themselves to be uh, untrustworthy uh, with the rest of, uh, of scripture. Yeah. It's like going to a church website where the pastor is preaching heresy and on the, about us, what we believe is like, you know, solid creeds and. Well, I'm not even saying the song is solid. I'm just, no, no, I'm just saying like, you know, they can go on and say, this is what we believe, you know, and then their song is something completely different. Yeah. And you're like, (laughs) we're listening to your song, not what you put on your website. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for a palate cleanser? Yes. All right. So this is this song is called Nothing Either Great or Small. It's by a band called You, Me, and The Bread. Um, I discovered this band fairly recently. This is one of my uh, new hats that I mentioned earlier. Um, I, I did look into it. This is based on an older hymn, though I think we both each found a different him that had some of the same lines and we're not 100% sure which one. No, yours is right. I, was I, right. I didn't find yours. I just found something else, but yours is right. Yeah. So there's an old hymn called nothing either great or small, though I found the same hymn with the name it is finished. So it's either called it is finished or nothing either great or small. And um, let's see. Uh, James Proctor is the guy that wrote this and I don't know about when, but so hymn writer, James Proctor, uh, probably 19th century. I think the one you sent me was 19th century. Mm-hmm. So yeah, been around a little bit and we'll post a link to the hymn as well, but this is, uh, nothing either great or small. And we did do some research, you, me and the bread, they're EPC. They do, uh, affirm women elders. Uh, I think there's two women elders at this particular church. Uh, so just take that for, for what it is, but, um, yeah, so we can't stand by them 100%, but let these lyrics stand for themselves. So verse one, nothing either great or small, nothing sinner. No, Jesus died to pay it all ever long ago. When he from his lofty throne stooped to do and die, everything was fully done. Hearken to his cry and rest in the hands of the Savior. Rest in him. Rest in the grace of his labor. Rest in him. That's verse one in chorus. It's great. I was just going to say it does actually focus on um, the sin uh, that Christ mm-hmm. died to pay. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
this could be uh, a denominational difference, but um, I mean, it kind of does say, talk about like, what sin did Christ, you know, did he take all sin or just a sin of the elect? Um, obviously, I would side on Jesus paid the sin of the elect, but maybe that is not where this where this song is going. Maybe you have a different opinion about what it's saying. So I wanted to kind of do a, a contrast. The first couple lines of the Porter's Gate song were, you know, breathe in, reach out, touch the hem of the of of his garment out and it's kind of saying do these things it's almost like a conditional election do these things and jesus will respond whereas this one is very like the the thesis of this song is jesus did all the work you just rest in him um so there's there's nothing there's no there's no sin that you did that he can't forgive i think that's part of this nothing either great or small nothing center no um, is kind of fed into that. Jesus died to pay it all ever long ago. Um, he stooped to do and die. Uh, the, the word do will come up time and time again in the song, but we have his active obedience and his passive obedience. So stooped to do, active obedience, and die, passive obedience. Everything was fully done. Hearken to his cry. So already we're like, like degrees higher in theological terminology than in the other song. Mm-hmm. I like that it's all past tense. You know, it's not like we're asking you to do something, you know, to come yeah. down now. It's all rejoicing the fact that it's already been done. Ever long ago. And there's a little play on words there. Stoop to do and die instead of do or die. You know. Yeah. So, you see a clever little pun there. Yeah. So we get into verse 2. Verse 2 says, uh, Weary working, burdened one, wherefore toil you so? That was what kind of tipped me off that this was probably written a while back. <laughs> uh, so weary working, burdened one, Wherefore toil you so? Cease your doing. All was done ever long ago. Till to Jesus' work you cling by a simple faith. Doing is a deadly thing, but by his work we're saved. And rest in the hands of the Savior, rest in him. Rest in the grace of his labor, rest in him. I just really like this idea of you know, we can't earn our salvation. Like they, they are just beating you over the head with this idea of, you know, we, we can't do anything to save ourselves. Jesus is the one it's Jesus work that saves us. And we just cling to it by a simple faith. I love that doing is a deadly thing. That's that just attacks legalism. Yeah. Is doing always a deadly thing? I mean, like, uh, I see what you're saying there. You know, it can be, but aren't we called to, called to obedience? We are called to obedience. And, and I think that that is, that is important. Yeah. Um, 
I will concede that point. But I think given the context of this song, we're, we're talking about um, this moment of salvation. It's not by our work. It's by, it's by Christ's work. I see. Yeah. So it's more about the uh, justification rather than the sanctification. Correct. Yeah. This is definitely a justification, not a sanctification. And the one that I accidentally found that that has similar wording, but is definitely a different song. I thought it was interesting how the writer um, drew the contrast between not doing to earn salvation, but then after you're saved that out of love for Christ, we do, you know, yeah, um, which is, you know, different topic altogether, but I thought that was interesting. And then um, just going into this final verse three, it is finished. Yes, indeed finished. We were bought sinners. This is all we need. Tell me, is it not? We cast our deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet. Stand in him, in him alone, gloriously complete. The challenge is that when we cast our stuff down at Jesus' feet, he's lower still so we can never quite get it down there. <laughs> I think I think that's right. I think, I think you have that. I think you nailed it, Spencer. <laughs> you nailed it. Yes. Yeah, and then this line, the, the, the last four lines, we cast our deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet, stand in, in him and him alone, gloriously complete. I think I found that that line in like five different songs. It was in the one that you sent me, it was in the original, it mm-hmm. was in um, a couple other ones. And so I think that that was probably, if that wasn't original to the song that I posted, then I think that that may be, um, the original, um, I guess, at least the original foundation for this, for this particular song. Yeah, they're so similar. They gotta have either originated from a third part, you know, a third source yeah. that we haven't seen yet, or some, you know, same thing here. You know, some pastor will say some, you know, catchy phrase, and then it starts working its way into all the all the right. stuff. So there's gotta yeah, be some the Q source. source. Yeah, it's the Q Q document. Yeah, that yeah. totally spot both of these songs here yeah. yeah and if it was if it was just that one line we cast our deadly doing down it's one thing but it was all four lines like right after another yeah so i was like yeah it's someone took that from someone um i found this really interesting one of the songs that i found one of the modern songs that i found that had this in it was a bifrost art song Mm-hmm. and so i i posted those those lyrics as well but i just i found that really interesting that I heard both of these songs recently. I mean, I, I, I heard uh, nothing either great or small in the past couple of weeks. And I saw Christ of the Lord still. And I just immediately thought these are, this is a good song versus song pairing. And then I found that Bifrost arts had basically the same song. So I could have done Bifrost arts versus Porter's gate. That would have been kind of funny. Old versus new. Well, <laughs> I think the, the last line right there, stand in him and him alone, gloriously complete. That's, that's the that's the part that the Porter's Gate song is missing. Yeah. There they want to find all their all their hope that Christ is just sort of like down in the depths with you. But it's not about standing, it's not about it's just about suffering. And that's yeah. all the quote unquote hope they have to give. Here so at, least, at least I can it, suffer with Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah, or that Christ is suffering with you, which it can be comforting for a little bit, but it's like, um, if that, if if the root issue is never taken care of, what hope is there? If Jesus can't stand up, uh, you know, and rescue us, what's what's to hope? It's just like that's, it, you know, the, like that's our Christian Christian faith at work there. We cast, uh, or and, and and so it says, stand in Him and Him alone, gloriously complete. That's how we become complete. That's how our minds are healed. Um, it's it's standing with Christ um, in Him. Now I'm no psychologist. I'm no psychiatrist. I'm no mental health counselor, but uh, I am a Christian. And when we look on the work of Jesus, and we uh, <laughs> we um, and we realized a great exchange that has taken place. Christ taking our filthy rags on himself and giving us his robes of righteousness in, in their place. That is what motivates me, I guess. Like that's, that's what saves. That's the hope. And um, I I just wish that there would be a little more hope in a song, uh, especially about um, mental health suffering. I mean, that's a really real thing. Um, and I, I, I don't know, maybe that's, I, I'm not sure why they didn't, but. Well, I think that, I, I think you do know why they didn't. Yeah. I, uh, okay. like they probably don't believe it, but. To my understanding with the mental health, I feel like it, I don't know if it's always had this meaning, but I feel like, especially now it's taken on a meaning of like, not victimhood, but it's like, um, if you have bad mental health, a lot of times I feel like it means that you don't think rightly about yourself. Like you're beating up on yourself too much or something like that. And their answer is like, you know, is that you need to think more positive thoughts. You need to, you know, find what makes you happy. What, you know, what's the solution to mental health is that you have to, you know what I'm saying? Like find, find the thing that will cheer you up or that will help you think properly about yourself. Cause your problem is that you're not you're not thinking about yourself, you know, almost that new agey thing where it's like you have everything within you, you know, that you need. You just you just have to figure out how to tap into it, you know, um, and a lot of people's problems. Why are they discouraged? Why are they down? Is it's because they're if they only understood themselves properly, then they could fix their mental health problem, you know. And so I feel like that if that's where they're coming from, that that would fit in perfectly with this song is because it's all about, you know, the person singing it. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And um, you made me think of something, Spencer, that um, good friend and pastor of mine um, shared just this morning uh, on a group me, uh, just preparing people for communion, uh, taking the Lord's Supper tomorrow. And um, it is from how can we take the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner? And it is John Calvin. And he wrote, so the best and only worthiness which we can bring to God is to offer him our own vileness and unworthiness that his mercy may make us worthy. To despond in ourselves that we may be consoled in him. To humble ourselves that we may be elevated by him. To accuse ourselves that we may be justified by him. That's our that's our great hope. It's not us 
like you were saying, um, Spencer, about your suspicions about kind of how how this mental health uh, problem uh, maybe uh, is seen, uh, the solution is seen today by our world. But instead, by bringing all that unworthiness and not ignoring it, not trying to paper over it, not trying to, uh, you know, just sort of like make it better by ourselves, but instead bringing that to Christ and letting him say, um, give us worthiness, letting him give us, uh, you know, consolation, letting him justify us. Uh, I mean, and if it's the God of the universe who is doing those things, it's done. Yeah. Amen. A lot of times we just need a reminder of what's already true, you know. For sure. I know that was, it was very encouraging to me when I read that. And I'll, uh, I'll copy a link into the doc. All right, gentlemen. It's been a fun, fun night. Um, See you again in six months. Yeah, Yeah. six months, yeah. Well, hopefully sooner than that on the, on the, uh, on the discord or the yes absolutely uh, whatever um the chat yes you know, the yeah. chat. Yep. so yeah we will attempt to put out an episode every so often when we have an idea we will try to make time for it um, i like that plan i like that plan so do not expect to hear us next week or the week after um if we do if you do just count as a blessing i don't know i don't know what to count this as but uh we will we will strive to come out with content when we have content to give to you that's the best i can give sounds good please, to me. i'll be please, there waiting people okay please stay subscribed to us just just don't forget us <laughs> it'll be great all right because that would just be the worst it would yeah <laughs> anyway hopefully jesus will come back before our next episode drops anyway that would be great that'd be the best so with that i will say come lord jesus come quickly Dude.
it's like an hour and a half. It's like, that's the goal. That's a sweet spot. That's yeah. a sweet spot for sure. Remember when we thought we were going to do 15 minute episodes? 